like weeks. God's just giving me little snippets. And so I have no idea. But we're going to have fun and we won't be bored. So um, a couple of years ago, God just gives me things very visually. And so he gave me this vision of um, this. So um, y'all are just going to be humored by it. Um, I don't sew. So um, yeah, just love me. Um, so I, the reason that I got asked, my name's Tammy Marshall, by the way, the reason that I got asked to do this is because, like, I'm the queen of destructive behaviors, right? And there's a reason. And so I want to talk about the reasons, because I'm going to assume that you're in this room because you probably have some of your own reasons, yeah. right? I came into this world, right? Both my parents came out of alcoholic homes. Um, my mother's was extremely violent. And so, you know, always say the rocks in my dad's head fit the holes in my mom's head, and they got married and had me, right? Because that's what we look for is what's familiar, right. even when it's manure. It's warm, and we get used to the smell. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's kind of how I came into the world in a lot of anxiety and a lot of chaos. My parents were both military. We moved a lot. And so that creates a disconnection. I don't know if anybody's grown up in military life, but when you're when you're always moving, you learn really quick not to connect to anything. And so, it, and it's you know one of the things that I've figured out in all this: nobody meant to hurt me. Nobody, right? Even perpetrators. Nobody meant to hurt me, right? They're in their own coping behavior, in their own survival. They, it wasn't about harming me. And people said that for years, but I didn't get it. And so what God gave me was this picture, right, about what happens to us. And so we come into this world light, right, a blank slate. Like I truly believe that we come in and we're completely innocent and we're just love, right? I can remember when my son was little and I used to say, you're just pure love. But what happens is... You know, it's that my dad came home drunk or we went and, you know, chased him down at the bar, right? And you get this black spot on your heart over here, right? And then I've got the uncle and the cousin in my family who are pedophiles, right? And, you know, I just happened to be the person there at the time. And so you get this other spot, right? And then... Um, and then, you know, my parents got divorced about the same time that I had an accident, and I found Perkinian by the hundreds. It was awesome, by the way. Um, but, you know, I had this other spot. And then I got this spirit of suicide on me where every time anything would go wrong, like, that's where my brain would go is, I don't want to live. I just want to kill myself, right? So I got this spirit of suicide going on over here. And, and it just, you know, it continues. You know, if you... <coughs> If, you know, between the combination of the addiction and all the, the pedophile crap stuff, about this other word, um, <laughs> yeah, then, you know, I was really promiscuous. And so then there's this shame thing over here. You know, I've, I've stood in pulpits and said, thank goodness for drugs and alcohol. Because if I had not found drugs and alcohol, I'd have killed myself. And so that's shocking to some people. But it's how I stayed alive so that God could tell the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents didn't raise me in church. My grandmother, every time she got her hands on me, um, she dragged me to church, which was all summer and at Christmas. 
And so one of my crazy parts of my story is as a six-year-old, I went to the altar and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and I asked him to make my daddy stop drinking. And my daddy doesn't drink today. And so that is a promise. Now that may be a 50-year promise, right? But promises come true. And I'm still stunned by how all that worked out. My dad sits over there going to church every Sunday. My mother has no concept of God, and so whatever. Um, but, but it's these places where we have these spots on us that we develop these coping behaviors, this destructive, um, this destructive behavior that we do. Because who wants to feel this, right? So what we do is we numb out. And numb out looks like a lot of things, right? It can, you know, I have a girlfriend who's had a, a man in her life since she was 13. And so, you know, she's always, that's her thing, is she's got to have a man. Um, it may be, you know, just having sex. It may be drugs and alcohol. It may be shopping. It may be performance. It may be food. You know, it looks like a lot of different things. Mine's even been religion. Right? Like, I've done religion. Um, I have, I looked when that, um, Moana, and so, like, that whole fire breathing, like, I've spewed out scripture, like, you know, like a dragon, you know, casting it out. Um, oh, by the way, that's witchcraft when you do that. Um, that's a whole other story. And, but, but just understand there's a reason that we do what we do. And this is that place where, you know, the scripture says that Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Like, that's not a joke. Like, I didn't take those scriptures in to, like, right, really? Like, he's after me? Why would he be after me? It's because he, he knew the impact, right? Part of my story is in 1987, my cousin was killed. And um, my cousin happened to be one of my pedophiles, and I had a really, I had a really twisted connection with him because of that. But um, he was he was killed in Dandridge. If you know, there's a curve at the old bean plant, and um, and so he was extremely intoxicated. But I was asleep in my bed in Nashville, and I sat straight up in bed when he was killed. You know, one of those where you wake up and you look around. And I was like, well, I don't hear anything. And so I went back to bed. And the next morning, my grandmother called me and told me that he'd been killed. And, mm -hmm. and God said, and you're next. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even have a relationship, really, with God back then. And, um, and so that's what started the story, right? Because then me trying to quit drinking, I ended up in the recovery world. And that's where it all started. I thought I was disqualified for God. There was no way, you know, at, toward the end, I was go. I went to a church. I'll never forget this. I was drunk on Saturday night. I went to church on Sunday morning, and um, and and I left. And I said, "Look, God, this is the deal. I need a man. And if I'm going to have to have a man, I'm going to have to go to a bar. And so if I'm going to go to a bar, I'm going to have to drink." Uh, this is logic, right? <laughs> and so when I get a man, I'll be back, right? And then all this other stuff happens. And so so God, like, has been after me for a really long time, even when I wasn't really paying attention or even knew how. And so so when Scott got killed, like, I don't know, everything just, just changed. But I wasn't good enough. 
I came into the recovery world with this really mean, vindictive God because that's what they were preaching back then. They were preaching hellfire and brimstone, right? You know, I was going to hell, and I had done plenty to deserve to go. So it took me a long time to be able to even grace the door, but then to even start to, to take that stuff away. When I talk about, you know, I thought that I was like the keeper of what was right, you know, and I would just throw these barbs of scripture out like, I mean, just like, yeah, yeah. It was awful uh, because there was, there was no healing in the things that I was saying. And so, you know, kind of fast forward to like the last 10 years, uh, and I'll have one little snippet between that. I got married back in... Um, what, 1992, I, um, I got married, I was turning 30, that was a problem, um, so I, you know, met this really good guy, I didn't really love him, but, you know, he was a really good guy, and, um, and I thought that he would, you know, be a good provider, and, um, and he would never cheat on me, and I used to tell people he would never cheat on me because he would never cheat on his relationship with God, and, um, yeah, he took that up a whole nother level. And, um, and so, I'll, so one of the things that came out of that whole thing, I'm about seven months pregnant when I find out that there's a whole bunch of drama going on and he's making really poor choices on the road. And I'm huge pregnant and I'm seated on the landing and I'm like, but I'm a member of the Baptist church. Jana asked me to be sure and say that. <laughs> sometimes what happens is we hide behind these things and we think that somehow that's going to protect us mm -hmm. from things happening to us. Mm -hmm. And it is not true. What all the stuff, the recovery, church, my relationship with God, all those things, all they do is give me some kind of solution in the middle of chaos. Right? And all that stuff that's happened has been stripping away of me so that I can push more into God. Like, it's not looked pretty, you know? I really, like, I wish I would have done it a little bit nicer and a little bit more ladylike or something, you know? But, like, I've been all in fighting. Because part of what happened to me is I'm, like, really this nice, gentle, sweet spirit. And my daddy was always trying to toughen me up. Am I the only toughen up in the room? And so, you know, and, and he was super critical which set the stage for a lot of things. And I'm going to go back to, he did not mean to hurt me, right? He thought he was helping me. And even when, you know, he used to go, like, my name was Damn Tam, right? That's a cursing, just in case on a spiritual level, right? That it was always, well, Damn Tam, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're such a screw-up. What is wrong with you? And so when you take that in as this little bitty kid, and having no rationale that there's something wrong with him, and then you start taking that stuff to your heart. So we're back to walking around with these black spots on our heart because people are saying, damn, Tim, like, what's wrong with you all the time? And so, you know, I come in as an adult, and you're, like, trying to find your way all the time. Um, and so, like, I got lots of accolades, in sales, I got lots of accolades in trying to do all this performance stuff, but it's not who it's not who I am. Um, so back to this tender heart, and what I've come to realize is God gave me a really tender heart and a really soft spirit because that's what we hear Him with. Yeah. 
And that's what he wanted me to do is to be able to hear and tune into him. So one of the scriptures that he's he's given me, um, and I learned scripture in Awana, so I don't know if you have Awana in your church, but you know, that's how I learned scripture. Um, so he gave me Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37, um, which is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And what I came to understand is I didn't love me. I was loving other people at the capacity that, loved, that I loved myself, and that wasn't very much yeah. because I was, I was loving me like my daddy was loving me. What's wrong with you? Damn, Pam. Right? And so I was so super critical of myself, so why wouldn't I be super critical of you? And oh, by the way, when you're criticizing what you live in 24-7, you better find some coping skills, right? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I'm just telling you, Hogmanoff ice cream is some good stuff. (laughs) You know, if you eat enough chocolate, you just zone completely out. (laughs) Right? And so, and, and we all have our ways in which we're zoning out. But that's what sets the stage. And so we go back to Satan's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Because if I can be numbed out, then I'm not listening to God either. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not doing what my purpose is and what I've been called to do. And each of us have a purpose, right? We are all called. Like, that's the whole point. So, you know, it's about, it's about either being in the tree of knowledge or the tree of life. And I can tell you... You know, when Janice showed up in my life, I was over here on the tree of knowledge. And so then I got introduced to the tree of life. And so that's that walking in love, right? Knowing who I am and just beginning to love myself and beginning to truly love God. Not just spouting scripture, not just writing the check, showing up in church, doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do, right? But truly being in that place of love. And I would love to tell you, just like Jana said, we wish we had this formula, but there's not one. It is a walking out. And I don't know about you, but there is nothing in my story that has been pretty in the walking out. Mine's ugly, yeah. right? So we fast forward to marriage number two. And so, you know, I think that this has been ordained by God and that it's the most wonderful thing ever. Well, it turned out okay, because, like, I got this relationship with God that I would never had any other way, but there was nothing pretty about how that went down. And so I call that whole season going to the mat because I went to the mat with God, and it was that place where, I mean, we just duped stuff out. Um, You know, I can remember one day, and, like, this story is not very pretty, but, like, one day, you know, God kept, God spent, a, he spent probably two or three years and he would just come by and he would go, do you trust me? Yes, of course I trust you, Lord. Sunday school answer. Yeah. And so I go, do, I, do you trust me? And so we did this for a while. And one day I went, oh, hell no, I don't trust you. Look at this. I've been, you know, I've been in recovery. I've helped all these people. I've written the check. I've gone to church. I've done this. I've done that. Look, my life is worse right now than it was when we started 20-something years ago. No, I don't trust you. You've not done anything. And he, and so for a moment, he let me know, and I said, get out of here. I don't even want anything to do with you. And he let me know in that moment what it felt like to not have God. 
And so it was this huge, and every time I say that, he lets me feel it one more time, and it was this huge, just black abyss where I was completely just separated in darkness from God. And I went, oh, no, no, never mind. That's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the place we started. And I said, I don't know you. I don't know you. Everything that I've been taught about you is wrong. Would you please teach me who you are? And so that's when I started getting scripture on my tongue. I would go run, which that's hysterical in itself. And, um, and I would listen. Who's that pastor at, um, in Houston that everybody's controversial about? So his daddy has a book out that's just scripture. And so I would listen to him, and I would run, and I would just quote that scripture back. Um, and, and so I started truly getting scripture in my tongue. Um, I and we're going to do these scriptures in a minute, but you know I had a lot of training in Neil Anderson, and that can be controversial in itself. Um, but I will take away the scripture because the scripture is true. Because what happened when I started quoting that scripture is I started really getting this identity in Christ, so that I knew. So so then when you've got that scripture on you and in you, when the enemy comes with a dart of attack. You go, uh-uh, I'm a child of God. What are you talking about? Right? You actually have something to fight with. Otherwise, when this other stuff comes that says, oh, you're a fat cow, or oh, you're such a, you know, whatever, you know, you, we just take that stuff in and go, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's, and we just let it just, like, suppress us. But all of a sudden, when I know who I am in Christ, like, you can't attack me the same way. But, you know, unfortunately, there's only one way to build up muscle, and that is go to the mat and wrestle. And that is not a fun experience. Um, it's, it's painful. There's this wet thing where I wish I would have gotten it in a way different way, but that's just not how that went down. Um, and so I'll, I'll always talk about this particular scripture. We're going to go through all these, and I realize it's not, this one's not on the list. The one that I sat on and would just camp out on, because, you know, when that, when that second marriage went south, um, and the, um, I, 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 it was just devastating in all levels, right? So addiction, like, that was bad. We all know that's bad. But my codependency, it's this looking for love in all the wrong places. When you don't feel loved as a little kid, it just sets the stage for you to go looking for love in places that are misaligned. And so, you know, I, I got just, you know, nobody should go through divorce and menopause and, you know, all the other levels that I got bankrupted. You shouldn't go through all that at the same time. But I did, and, and I'll tell you that what God did is he took on my crutches, you know, because we're always, like, crutching ourselves up, you know, so we can hobble along. But he just wiped me out where I had nowhere to go with him. And so, which, you know, makes me think about, um, you know, that, that man at the, in the pool in Bethesda and God saying, Jesus saying, do you want to get well? And him giving those excuses, I know he and I are the only ones who have ever said, oh, I have no one to help me into the pool. Someone always gets ahead of me, right? Uh-huh. But Jesus came back and he said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And, you know, how many times have I sat around and I want to just pray my way into it or I want somebody else to do it. But the reality is when you, when you move into healing, there is action. You have to move. 
right? Even when we talk about healing through prayer, you know, I was taught do an action, clap your hands, snap your fingers. Like it takes an action in order to activate it. And so that's, yeah. And so even that duking it out, right? Again, I look like a crazy person. I'm walking the floors, quoting scripture out loud, hoping that people can't hear me. Um, Cause I do, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but that's how I got well, right? That spirit of suicide, like it didn't show up anymore because I told it to go in the name of Jesus. Like I got just really matter of fact about it and just started calling that out and saying, I command you to go. You have no rights or authority to me and I command you to go now. And if it snips at me and just acts like it's kind of back, I go, uh-uh, you have no rights or authority here. And because I have been given a new mind. And so this scripture that I stood on, and I mean stood on, camped out, is Timothy 2.7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Again, that love shows up, right? And so just, I, I can't tell you how many times I just went, no, I've been given a sound mind. God has given me a sound mind. And just holding that, I, I yeah. I get a little fired up. Okay. Um, so, I'll tell you today that I trust him. And so, what happened in the transition of, of trusting him is I came to this place of surrender. I was worshiping one day, and I was just like, I'm going to stress it short. Um, like, I was just full out, right? And I was palm up. And I went, oh, this is the position of surrender. When they're walking out. This is the position of surrender. And this is where he wants us, is in a position of surrender. If you don't know that worship is your first line of defense, let me tell you that. There's a reason we've been soaking for an hour in these worship, right? Because that is your first line of defense. And so being in this position is where we get the most healing, the most strength, the most everything. But, you know, I was raised to be a fighter, so this is so foreign, right? I can slash you with my tongue, but I don't even have that spirit in me anymore. It's amazing to me, but it's been removed. But it's this place, right? And standing back. And, and so my thing now is where I just go, okay, Lord, like I truly get this. No matter what I see with my eyes or I hear with my ears, everything right here in this moment is perfect in your world. Please align me with your perfect, right? And so so that I stop fighting what is, because that's what I do is I fight what is, and I want it to be different. But what happens if I just accept in this moment it's working perfectly? Because I don't know what God is orchestrating for his good. I don't know. And so why is it that I think it's supposed to line up the way I think it's supposed to right here and right now? Um so, the other thing I'll tell you is my crazy story. Am I out of time? You've got seven more minutes. Okay. So, I'll tell you this crazy story that I want us to do the scripture. Um, so, the scripture that God gave me when I entered recovery, which has been 30 years ago. I'm not really sure how that happened. Um, so, I'll tell you my funny story. I was only going to be there. I was just going to be there for a year, right? And I was I just came so that I could get a job. Um, I, was gonna, I came to get a job, get a man, and learn to cook. And so my joke is, you know, I've had multiple jobs and I've had multiple men, and I still don't know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and 
30 years past. So, all right. So what he said was Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so what's interesting is, like, I marked that in my Bible. And, and that's what I'm Ezekiel 36, 26. Thank you. And so what's interesting, when you start this relationship with God, like, it's an ongoing conversation. Right? And so this thing keeps coming up over time. Like I had marked it and went, oh, that's my scripture, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time. But about, I don't know, it's been like a year or so ago, I was at a red light one day, and God said, um, you know, I changed your heart. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I, I changed your heart. He said, you know, you don't have that heart of stone anymore. And I was like, Really? Okay, and I and I realized that my spirit had changed, yeah. right? I don't, and Jana can testify because she that's my good part of the spirit. Um, but I don't like I don't operate from the same. I don't have that same operating system. It's that place where I move from the tree of knowledge over to the tree of life, and I just don't have that same spirit. And only God can do that. You know, they can't medicate you enough to do that. You can't do enough talk therapy to do that. Mm-hmm. Only God can create that kind of miracle in your life. And so um, if God's giving you a scripture, please hold on to it and chew on it and watch how that how that comes to maturity within you. Um, and I so I talked about this, and then I realized that I left and didn't bring enough for everybody. So if you want one, put your name and your email on a piece of paper, and I will email it to you. But I just thought we would do these Who I Am in Christ scriptures so that you would just know what it felt like, right? So we're just going to repeat after me. Um, and this is all about identity. And so this one's, this group is called I Am Accepted. And so I want you to just repeat out. These are all scripture, but so just repeat after me. I am God's child. I am God's child. As a disciple. As a disciple. I am a fr- friend of Jesus Christ. I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I have been justified. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. I am united with the Lord. And I am one with Him in spirit. And I am one with Him in spirit. I have been bought with a price. I am bought with a price. And I belong to God. And I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been chosen by God. I have been chosen by God. And adopted as His child. And adopted as His child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all sins. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all sins. I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I am free from condemnation. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that God's work for my good in all circumstances. I am assured of God's work for my good in all circumstances. I am free from any condemnation brought against me. I am free from any condemnation brought against me. And I cannot be separated from the love of God. And I cannot be separated from the love of God. Let's just say that one more time. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that God will complete. 
complete the good work he started in me. I am confident that God will complete the good works he started in me. I am a citizen of heaven. I am, I am a citizen of heaven. I missed it. I have not been given a spirit of fear. I have not been given a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. But of power, love, and a sound mind. I am born of God. I am born of God. And the evil one cannot touch me. And the evil one cannot touch me. I am a branch of Jesus Christ. I am a branch of Jesus Christ. A true vine and a channel of his life. A true vine and a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am God's temple. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the significance of these is they are I am statements, right? And so so often we walk around, we go, I am himself, I am this, I am, right? And so these are to combat that. So the the assignment with these is to say these three times a day, right? It takes us three minutes to say them. I actually recorded them with pauses so that, you know, clients that I work with can repeat them back. Um, so I, like, I can't tell you what these did for me, right? So that I could actually see the attack coming and me have scripture to fight back. So, I mean, they're caught, and they're, I mean, you, you can go Google them, right? I mean, because they come out of Neil Anderson's Who I Am in Christ work. Um, but it's just that's how I took, because we're going back to you have to do something. you got to pick up your mat and walk. you got to take action. And this was my action to fight all that criticism that was planted in my heart. All right. So, I'm going to pray real quick, and I think we're way out of time. So, Father God, I just thank you. I just thank you that, you know, whatever was spoken here, Lord, that you just let it apply in the places that it needs to. And, Father, that your word would just would just pop to us like popcorn where we need it, when we need it. And, Lord, that it would just bring us back to you, that it would let us know who we are in you and what's been done on our behalf. And, Father, I just want to release love, the power of love. God, it says that you are love and that, that you would just raise that love out of us because we've been created in your likeness and image, so therefore we are love. And so, Father, I just, I just call forth love so that we could act from that place so that people would see us as as yours mm -hmm. that I'm a reflection of my father in Jesus name Amen. Amen. thank y'all thank you Tansa.